Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you're listening to the podcast How They Love Mary, a weekly podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. Today, I'm happy to be speaking with Catholic author and also a bookstore owner, Julie Cragen, about her book, Bless My Grandchild, a Catholic prayer book for grandparents. Julie is the co-owner and manager of St. Mary's Bookstore and Church Supply in Nashville, Tennessee, and the author of a number of books, including Bless My Child. So this book is a part of a series. Cragen earned a bachelor's degree from Vanderbilt in 1982 and has appeared on EWTN, Sacred Heart Radio, Relevant Radio, Guadalupe Radio, Mater Dei Radio, and many other apostolates as well. And her book is available from Ave Maria Press. So welcome to the show, Julie Cragen. Thank you. I saw your book in one of these email marketing things that came up, and I saw Bless My Grandchild, and I'm like, oh, that's a very nice topic and a very timely one, because the Feast of St. Joachim and Anne, who are the grandparents of Jesus, is coming up. It's fast approaching on July 26th, so this Sunday, and I thought it would be wonderful to talk about grandparents and grandchildren and the role of grandparents and praying for grandchildren and all of that, and you seem like a wonderful guest to be able to talk about about that with us today. That's great. Perfect. Perfect timing. I guess maybe just to start out, St. Joachim and St. Anne, their names come to us in the Proto-Evangelium of James, which is kind of this extra-canonical book of, of Scripture. It's not in the Bible. It's actually been discredited by scholars. But yet, we still draw upon it for certain liturgical feasts, such as the Presentation of Mary and also St. Joachim and St. Anne. What do we know about St. Joachim and St. Anne, the parents of Mary, the grandparents of Jesus? Well, you know, actually... We, we actually know very little, because, you know, as you said, it's not really mentioned in the scriptures. So what we know is, is handed down to us um, through tradition. It teaches us that, you know, an angel appeared to each of, uh, each of the two of them, and because they had prayed fervently to have a child, the angel appeared and said that they would, they would have a child. And, of course, we know that um, that child that comes to us as, as Mary um, was born of Anne, and and. Is and Anne and Joachim are the grandparents because of that. But also, I think that from the life of Mary, you know, we can kind of guess that her parents were extremely faithful to God, that they they led a life of uh, of prayer, and that they were devoted to the laws of the faith. You know, we see um, in Mary strong parents who listened in prayer and who made decisions. Uh, based on what they truly believed was the will of God. So I was thinking that, you know, I think that in their silent backgrounds, really, um, and, and that miraculous outcome, it proves to be a great example to us, you know, and for generations to come, that um, what we don't know, you know, and what we, what we see through the life of the Blessed Mother is, is really more how we know um, about Joachim and Anne. I think one of the things that maybe comes to us from the Protoevangelium of James, or one of the traditions surrounding them, is that they were an infertile couple, that they weren't able to have children, but right. then miraculously they have the Blessed Virgin, who then, of course, miraculously gives birth to Jesus as well by the instruction of the angel, by the power of the Holy Spirit. 
St. Joachim and St. Anne, this feast day is one that actually is kind of special to me because I was raised by my grandmother for the most part. Of course, my mom lived with my grandmother, and so I had a very close relationship with my grandma. And when she died back in 2010, two years previous, I had the opportunity to go to the shrine in Quebec City, Canada, to St. Anne de Beaupre. And there I was able to pray there, and I had a mass said for her, or I prayed in a special way for my grandmother at that place, and went to the gift store, bought a little rosary from St. Anne's Shrine, and that ended up being the rosary that I chose to bury my grandmother with, just because of kind of the sentimental value for me that I bought it when I was on a trip, I gave it to her, and St. Anne is the grandmother of Jesus. And so it seemed very appropriate to do so, and then, as it turns out, uh, when I was leaving to come to go back to where I needed to go after the funeral, I had a flight, but I went to Mass that morning. I was still in the seminary, went to daily Mass, and that morning, the Mass intention was for all of these St. Anne Society members, living and deceased, and oh, wow. so St. Anne started to follow me around, and if that wasn't enough, then I get back to this summer program that I'm in, and... I'm scheduled to serve the Mass on the Feast of St. Joachim and St. Anne. And it was just one of those little consolation things that you experience that small little grace and kind of little reminders. Well, St. Anne was important to me. I gave it to my grandmother. And so somehow I took it as some little sign. I don't know what I made of it or anything like that. But it was just a little memory that still stays with me uh, to this very day. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful story just going to say we rely on those little jolts those little you know moments of grace don't we that that just really push us through sometimes in the hard times and and uh and remind us you know of, of the beauty of the of the saints that come before us for sure you know my grandmother was a very strong witness of faith i have fond memories of her sitting in her little recliner praying the rosary watching ewtn praying the rosary or the St. Michael Chaplet with Mother Angelica early in the morning. So I have very fond memories of my grandmother and faith. And I'm wondering, what is it do you think is the role of grandparents in today's world for their grandchildren? Well, and, you know, I think especially in today's world, Father, that that's, that's different for all of us because some grandparents are hands-on. They're every day. They're helping to care for their grandchildren, whereas, you know, others are miles apart, you know, FaceTiming every chance we get and visiting, you know, as often as possible. But regardless of those roles, you know, we can all pray every day for our children and our grandchildren. And we can be good examples of being those faithful Christians, you know, like, like your grandmother. You watched her pray. You, you saw her pray the rosary. And that's a gift for all of us when, when we see somebody else do something like that, you know, that strong, powerful uh, reminder that, that we, too, should go and, and do the same, so to speak. You know, going to Mass and receiving the, receiving the sacraments and discussing our faith. Uh, with our children and grand and grandchildren, you know, it's all in, in the importance of of passing on the faith. Grandparents, as we've talked about already, are often the role models of faith. That was the case for me. Grandparents all come to, to Mass. They come to daily Mass. I see them. And they have a great concern for their grandchildren. I have one couple that, you know, had some concerns about some of their grandchildren. They brought them to me and they said, can you pray for so-and-so and whatever struggle they're going through? And they have a great concern for these little people in their life. And 
In my own parish, I see the grandchildren as they come to Mass and how much they love their grandparents. I see it as they interact after Mass. Now, some parents, they're faithful Catholics. They come to Mass. They they go to the sacraments. They put their kids through a religious ad. But I think we also know that in some sense, there's a little crisis of faith, maybe, that people aren't practicing the faith, that young people today who are going on to have children really aren't religious, that they aren't handing on the faith. And I guess my question might be is, if the grandparents of today are so devout and handing on and being that witness, is there some reason to be concerned about the transmission of faith from grandparents in the future when the grandparents of tomorrow don't practice religion or are not as devout, what impact do you envision there being then on grandchildren in the future? Um, th- yeah, that's a really that's a really great question because, of course, that's of concern to to a lot of people, and it should and it should be. I mean, but you know, I just believe that we have got to intentionally and continually talk about the importance of prayer, especially during these times, these unsettled times, you know, not just be an example of prayer, but be, you know, just for those, for these young people, not to be afraid to speak to them about the importance of a life of faith. I mean, I know a lot of them weren't going to listen, but at the same time, if we continually go after it, if we continue to, to, you know, knock on their door or greet them and, and meet them where they are and talk about, don't be afraid to speak the truth, you know, and, and let them know that Jesus will always take them back, that he waits, he waits in our churches, in our chapels, you know, for hearts to turn back to him. And, and I just, I, I agree, we all have to pray, you know, for the future of our children and for the future of our grandchildren and, and you know, for the church. But I think I do think we cannot be afraid. We cannot just sit back and continue to let this to let this go until until we're gone, and then it's then it's really bad because there's nothing else going on. But but we we I, we just have to continue to go to to be not just examples, but to be the the word you know uh, to our grandchildren and our children. I think too, perhaps you know, as people get older, maybe as they get closer, uh, realizing their own mortality, their own memento mori moment, that some of the the grandparents of the future, who are not yet grandparents, but those who are the ones that are probably a little more secularized and whatnot, that maybe there will be some sort of reawakening, that there will be a curiosity about religion, and perhaps the curiosity will be even sparked by the fact, well, you know what, my grandmother was a very devout person, she had it together, I'm missing something in my life, and so then they look and they try to figure out what was it that grandma, what was it that grandpa had that can now inform me and in how I live my life today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I completely agree. And that, that's why as, as parents and, and grandparents and, you know, just, just older adults, we just have to keep being that example of faith, not to let loose of that. And, and you know, like your grandmother, you know, c- continue to pray the rosary say those rote prayers that you know we all we all learned and and we know we know the power of prayer we know it works and we have to keep just keep doing that now you wrote this book bless my grandchild you wrote a previous book bless my child with ave maria press 
And I'm envisioning that, you know, you wrote the Bless My Child because you're a mom and so you wanted to pray for your children and now you're sharing the fruit of these prayers and and now you're a grandmother and you want to share the fruit of your own prayer for your grandchildren and enrich the, the lives of so many other grandparents. What are some ways that grandparents are able to pray for their grandchildren? How would you recommend that uh, for, for some of the older listeners who are grandparents? Well, you know, I think, of course, our greatest prayer is, is the Mass. And, you know, offering the Mass for our children and our grandchildren, you know, I actually, during certain times of, you know, their lives have just envisioned putting them, you know, on the altar during during the Mass. And um, But I also think that to pray the rosary, you know, to to pray the rosary every day if we have the chance. You know, sometimes I've heard people say that they uh, dedicate each of the Hail Marys to children and grandchildren because they have so many, but or, or a decade of the rosary, you know, to a child or a grandchild. But, you know, I, I mean, Mary knows. She knows. She was a mother. She, she understands, you know, our needs and our wants and our desires for our children and our grandchildren, and I just think that that is is one of the ways that uh, that all of us all of us can do. And in e- each of my book my books, there um, are meditations for the rosary for our children, and then and then for our grandchildren. Um, but you know, I I think you know we can teach them through the saints. That's one of the nice things that that um, Ave Maria Press did with these books is is there's in the bottom of each of the bless my grandchild if I prayed a devotion for a, a certain um, to a certain saint, we put a little blurb about the saint too so that we can learn about the saint so that we can pass that on, you know, to our grandchildren so that they can intercede for us, you know, for special intentions. So, I, you know, I, I think traditional prayers as well as most of the prayers that, you know, I wrote are, are not as traditional prayers, but they are prayers to saints or, um, you know, the Blessed Mother and, and Jesus as well. So, um they are in that in that respect, you know, traditional. But um, but I think all of those things. And and the nice thing too, Father, is that these are prayers that have taken. I'm fortunate to work, you know, in a Catholic bookstore where people come in every day and ask us to pray for them. So these prayers just aren't because of my children or my grandchildren, but for things that people have asked me to pray for them. You know, pray for their child in this situation or their grandchild in this situation. And in that respect, I think it's. It's a more universal that we can that we can pray for all of our children and all of our grandchildren when we pray for our own. You mentioned some of the saints. You have some, and it's a good thing that Ave Maria Press wanted to put in a little biographical blurb because some of them might be unknown to people, like Saint Colette of Corbier or Blessed Margaret of right. Costello. But they all have something that is important for us to draw out a lesson that they want to teach us, and that's exactly what the saints do. Not only do they teach us, they inspire us, but then they can be our most motivation for our prayer, but they can also uh, be our intercessors, that we can entrust a certain cause of ours to their prayers uh, before God's throne. Absolutely. And sometimes, you know, their lives or something that's occurred because of them or something that you've heard from someone else because of an intercession, that'll prompt a certain prayer, which, um, you know, it just makes it, it, it feels more heartfelt when you know, when you when you know a little bit more about the saint, when you know about their lives, I think, you know, you can uh, kind of understand um, not only what they went through, but they can see what you went through, kind of that back and forth with our saints. With um, And, you know, our, our striving for holiness 
too. I mean, you know, they, they've got it. They've, they've won the victory, and we, we need them as our examples. One of the nice things about Bless My Grandchild, a Catholic prayer book for grandparents, is that it's kind of, it goes through a different progression of uh, a person's life. So, for example, when you receive the word and the news that you're going to be a grandparent, you have prayers for before my grandchild is born. So, you're praying for the health of the unborn child, or maybe praying for a grandchild that might have, or a child that has a struggle with infertility, that you're praying for them that they might have a child so you can have a grandchild or when they miscarry, for example. So you have different prayers there. Then you have prayers for newborn and infant grandchildren and then prayers for my growing grandchild. Uh, and then during their school years, elementary and teenage years, and then when they go off uh, to college and an adult in the family. So there are so many different prayers there, and I'm sure that any grandparent that opens up this book will find one that they need, and they'll be like, this is the prayer that I want to pray today. This is where my heart is at, and this is how I want to offer a prayer for my grandchild today. So it's very beautifully put together. It, and and uh, Ave Maria Press did a beautiful job in, in the respect, too, that when you, there are some spaces, you know, on the, on the pages to where if, if someone did want to write, you know, a little word or a sentence about their grandchild on that page. I know I had one uh, grandmother who, right when she got the book, she picked out specific prayers for each one of her grandchildren and put those names on there so she would know to pray those each day. Then she would add to them as she went along and read the book. But but I thought that was a beautiful sentiment that she knew, um, you know, the grandchildren, what they needed at the t- you know, during the time that when she got the book and that she could, exa- you know, put their names uh, on those blank pages in, in, uh, in the book at the bottoms of those pages. So that was very nice. I was looking at some of the traditional prayers, of course, the ones that we have in our Catholic tradition that people are very familiar with such as the Anima Christi, the Angelus, um, the Chapel of Divine Mercy, the Guardian Angel Prayer. And when my eyes crossed the Guardian Angel Prayer, I couldn't help but wonder, have you ever, as a grandparent, have you ever prayed perhaps to the Guardian Angel of your child or your child or your grandchild asking that Guardian Angel to protect them? Is that a devotion that you've ever considered having? Or Oh, absolutely. I mean, we I pray to that child's Guardian Angel as well as, you know, as well as my own, but but I, I think that's important. I think all of us should know that our guardian is given to us for that very specific reason, you know, to keep us safe, to watch over us, you know, each day. And, um, and that, actually, Father, is a great idea just to pass on if that is the only prayer we pray for our, you know, for our grandchildren, that, that their own guardian angel watch over them each day. You know, that's a beautiful prayer. I know that we have so much to be thankful for with our grandparents, that they are the ones that really do pray for us. They give a great witness. They're there for us. Uh, we can turn to them. And uh, and they also, their hearts can be heavy at times. They can be heavy because maybe their child uh, is sick, their grandchild uh, is, is away from the church, or something bad happens. And so not only does mom and dad carry that burden, but also the grandparents. And the grandparents are the ones who I'm sure fall to their knees and pray in that situation. And your book, Bless My Grandchild, is going to help them to do that because you have prayers, you know, for when a grandchild is sick, when a grandchild loses their friend. So maybe, you know, in their adult years, 
that a, a friend of theirs dies. And so they grieve that. And so you have a prayer to really ask God to console them in their own grief. So this is a, a wonderful resource that people will be able to use and to uh, really learn the language of prayer. And uh, it's really prayer from the heart, from your heart. But then as you write these prayers, well, then other people begin to learn the language of prayer, and then they can begin to give voice to their own petitions as well. So I think it's a, a wonderful aid to help people know how to pray and to learn how to pray and to give them something so that they know how it is they can pray in a particular moment when they might not even have any words to say themselves. Right. And that was the full intention was to go and, you know, try to figure out what is exactly they could pray their child through life and pray their grandchild through life. You know, what, what could possibly come up? You know, I only have one grandchild so far. And so it was, it was not necessarily my grandchildren that I was making those prayers up for, but my mother has shared so many deep, long, you know, prayers about what she has prayed for some of her grandchildren, as well as, like I said, other people who've come in the store. And from there, you know, um, I was able to write prayers so that we could pray a child, a grandchild, all the way through through life. So I, so I thank you for that. I hope it is a great tool for, for grandparents. Our Holy Father has said something about grandparents. He said, Grandparents are a treasure in the family. Please take care of your grandparents. Love them and let them talk to your children. Yes, Papa, cherish them. And I guess as we hear those words of Pope Francis, there's there's a lot going on there because sometimes in our Western culture, when our grandparents grow advanced in years and maybe have a little dementia or find it hard to take care of themselves, we take them off to a nursing home and they get the care that they're that they need and they receive it there. But in other cultures, such as Guatemala, where I studied Spanish for six weeks, eight weeks. Uh, that wasn't the culture. The grandparents always lived and the family would take care of the grandparents. But uh, also just to treasure grandparents, take care of them. You know, I know several people that say, I wish I would have asked my grandparents this or that question. So to take time to talk to them, to let them tell their story so that you won't have those unanswered questions in the future and then to cherish them. I guess if you want to talk a little bit about this quote yourself, any way that you want, but maybe just to end then with uh, how it is that we as grandchildren can cherish and honor our grandparents. Right. And that's, you know, I, I think it is important for us to pass on the example of how we treat our own parents, their grandparents, and to pass on that example of, of returning the favor of praying for our grandparents, you know, and spending time with them. They've done, they've been on their knees a lot. You know, I think it's, I think it's important just short visits, you know, with your grandparents, anything you can do, or, you know, now, my goodness, you can get, you can Skype, you can FaceTime. I mean, I know my children FaceTime with their grandparents because they're out, you know, they're, they're not around, they're not close to each other. And so, they spend time FaceTiming and my own grandchild, you know, my daughter FaceTimes with me. But those times are important. They're precious. And like you said, you they have things to pass on. They have wisdom that we will only know if we sit and listen to them and spend time with them. So you're, I, I agree. I think you're spot on. We need to cherish our, our grandparents and, you know, listen and really listen and pay attention and 
um, let them tell their story and, and listen to it. And, and in return, like I said, this series, uh, to, to really pray for them, um, as, cause they have things they're going through too. You know, it's not just us, but in return for us to pray for them as well. We've been talking about Julie Cragen's book, Bless My Grandchild, and so I hope that you'll be able to pick it up from Ave Maria Press or wherever you get your Catholic books, including those Catholic bookstores that you are a co-owner and manager of, that we need to support the good Catholic bookstores to make sure those books are still available. Before I let you go, one of the things that I always do is I always go through a Marian profile, uh, just asking a a few quick questions about uh, your own devotion to Mary. Perhaps maybe someone will be enlightened and inspired by something you say as they try to deepen their own Marian devotion. And uh, one of the first questions I always ask is about your favorite Marian title. So Mary is a woman of many names. We call upon her under various titles. Do you have a favorite title of Mary? Or maybe even there's one that you're invoking in a very particular way right now. Well, as far as a, as a title now, I, I have the, um, I mean, I, I'm, I love Our Lady of Lourdes, but that's not, is that really what you're asking? Or do you sure. like help of Christians or something? Yeah. But, I absolutely love Our Lady of Lourdes. I've been I've been to Lourdes twice. Been very blessed to go um, twice, and um, and really, I feel like my very first visit was after I finished college. I feel like that was the turn for me to really pour on my devotion to Our Lady, my praying the Rosary every day, and you know, really trying to follow what she asked us you know, in Lourdes to go to Mass and go to confession and, and pray the rosary. And, and that's just been probably probably my favorite. Not, I mean, it's hard to choose, right? <laughs> but that's been probably my favorite because, because I think it, it really hit, hit me at the right moment in my life to really change my faith to be more devoted to Our Lady. Sure, and that's often what a pilgrimage will do, that it will deepen our devotion to the Blessed Mother. There are lots of Marian sacramentals out there in the world. The most common are the rosary and the miraculous medal and the scapular. Is there a sacramental that you wear or that you make use of? Well, um, because I did the consecration, I I wear a miraculous medal, um, of course, and then, um, I, I, I mean, I wear a rosary ring as well, because when I walk and, um, you know, when I'm driving, I just like to be able to pull that right off my finger and and pray the rosary. um, That is just, those are the two things that I never take off. There are a lot of prayers to the Blessed Mother that have been written by saints. You yourself and your books have written prayers addressed to Mary. Is there a favorite Marian prayer? Um. Probably, I would say the Hail Mary. I think would probably be the Memorari's close, but I think I think probably the Hail Mary. It's just that rote prayer that I can really concentrate on every word, and it, each each word, each time, a little section will mean something different for de- depending on what's going on in my life. People pray the Rosary, and uh, it's one of the common devotions of the Church. Uh, people pray it all the time, but I still think that some people are either intimidated by the rosary, they don't know how to pray it, or they pray it and they're like, I don't know if I'm praying the rosary well. 
And so is there any tip that you have that might help someone pray the rosary better? Well, I think the, the best thing that I did was really um, take time with each mystery of the rosary and to have to say, I also pray it out loud when I can. I like to pray it out loud. I, I hear it better. I feel it in my heart better when I pray it out loud. But going through the mysteries out loud, saying the short devotions that maybe you would find in a little, you know, small pray the rosary prayer book. I know a lot of people use, um, you know, the CDs with the meditations on there, but I, I tend to like to, to read the meditation from a book. But I think really, you know, really trying to meditate on those mysteries um, and, and pray out loud when you, when you can. I just think you can feel it really deep down in your heart. There are lots of different Marian apparitions. She's appeared all over the world. You already mentioned Our Lady of Lourdes, and so maybe that's your answer, but is there a favorite Marian apparition? Um, well, yeah, of course, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be our, our Lady of Lourdes, but, but I'll tell you, I did, um, I did write a book several years ago called Visiting Mary where I, where I drove to different shrines all over the U.S., that and I tried to break it up into the different, you know, the different um, appearances of Mary, so that I didn't do like all uh, shrines of Our Lady of Lourdes. In other words, I I tried to go to Guadalupe and and Lourdes and Fatima, different shrines throughout the throughout the U.S. La Salette and and visiting those shrines, Father, I really learned more about those apparitions and not only the beauty of the shrines that we have in the U.S. but more information about the original appearances and the original shrines and uh that was just a that was a beautiful thing i did with my with my family and uh but but to answer your question yes probably our lady of lords there are the shrines and as you just said you wrote a book on the marian shrines the shrines some of them do commemorate marian apparitions i live in the diocese of green bay i'm the expert mm -hmm. on the champion apparition shrine uh at our lady of good help and so right. there are other t other shrines to Mary that are just titles of Mary, so they're not necessarily apparitions. So in Wisconsin, for example, we have Our Lady Help of Christians, or down in Missouri, they have Our Lady of Sorrows or Our Lady of the Snows. And so there are these different Marian shrines now associated with apparitions. And I was just wondering if any shrine then that you've visited uh, has left an impression on you. Well, um each each of the shrines had their own um, their own grace, so to speak. I would say, uh, you know, when you learn about some of the different um, some of the different shrines and and not only Mary's appearances, but like you say, you know, Our Lady Help of Christians and the different titles of Mary, you really get a deep understanding of 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 Our Lady. I mean, and and of the graces she gives when we ask. You know, um, Our Lady of Grace, for instance. You know, when the, when the why aren't the lights all the lights shining on your hand? It's, I mean, why are all the lights still on your hand? It's the, it's the grace that people have not asked me for. I'm here to give you the grace. You know, and that's um, it. It. I mean, you know, she's just she's just got so much to give when we go to her, and uh, and and she's waiting there. There again, I I said several times she. She is waiting in, in her shrine. She is waiting for us to, 
to sit and to pray with her and and to to visit her. And lastly, on a Marian feast day, we have the Feast of the Assumption coming up and other Marian feast days like the Immaculate Conception and Mary, Mother of God. There's a custom that we often will sing songs about the Blessed Mother. Is there a favorite Marian song that when you go to Mass on those occasions that you want to hear at Mass that day? Well, of course, the first one that comes to mind is Hail Mary, Gentlewoman, but that's just because probably that's what we sang the last the last time. I do love that song, but, you know, all the Marian songs are so precious. You know, when you go to the um, the crownings, the, the May crownings and everything, oh my gosh, the, the Marian songs, I mean, it's it's almost, uh, you know, makes you, brings you to tears. The, the songs are so beautiful, so I don't really have a... a necessarily a favorite. I like all the Marian songs. Well, that's great. Well, thank you so much for sharing about your own devotion to Mary in that little segment, but also about your book, Bless My Grandchild, available from Ave Maria Press. And I know that if people make use of it, they truly will become prayer warriors for their grandchildren. If people want to find you on social media or anywhere else, how can they do that? Um, Well, they can find me at Julie Dorch Cragen um, on my website, or as well as on Facebook, Julie Dorch Cragen, or um, you know through, of course, St. Mary's Bookstore website as well, and and all the books are available there um, as well, Father. So as as any of our Catholic bookstores. So, well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for speaking with me today and sharing your own love for the Lord and really your passion for wanting to teach others to pray, especially for their grandchildren in your latest book, Bless My Grandchild. Thank you, Father. You have been listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary. I hope it has either been the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. You can follow me, Father Edward Looney, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at the handle at FR Edward Looney. If you like this podcast, please leave a review so others may find it. Until next week, let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.